what's up, guys? It's your boy, Matty G, the low-key OG. And I'm out here, as always, with Colby Patnode. What's good, Colby? Uh, you know, it's 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 going okay, you know. Uh, Snacks Harrison is a Seattle Seahawks, so that's kind of cool. Um, Seahawks are 4-0. I'm in second place in the league, just like, what, one point behind Cam? Uh, so yeah, it's, it, it's going okay, Matt. I, I really can't complain too much. Um, but you know, I'll find a way to complain. That's, that's kind of my brand. So, well, okay. Um, so I love that you bring that, bring up the standings. It was something I was thinking about trying to bring up later, but I think just since you brought it up right now, you know, I think it's, I think it's worthwhile to sort of do like, you know, uh, I guess we could refer to it as sort of like a third a third pole one third pole a third of the way there i don't know however you want that doesn't really flow you know what i'm saying though yeah. four weeks in the books in a 13 week regular season so so you know give or take we're right there on about a third of the season in the books and it's interesting because as as things were sort of developing here in the preliminary phases of the season we didn't see really radical change until after this past week. And I'm going to, I'm going to have to admit, you know, I'm a little sad to see my, my team a little bit down the standings there. I was feeling pretty, pretty cozy up there in the top two teams. And, uh, and now blink your eye and somehow, somehow, some way cam is, is number one in the standings. I mean, riddle me that. I mean, sometimes people use up all their luck in the first few weeks of the season, and that's kind of sad. So, um, you know, no, I think we no, we can no, all look at we can no, all look at Cam's team and just kind of be like, yeah, not for long. You no, know, res- so. you have no no respect for for Cam's abilities in the fantasy game. No, I mean, I mean, I think you have to to a certain extent. Uh, obviously, he lost Saquon. Uh, that's huge, you know, and, uh, you know, you got to give him credit. He's rebounded from that very nicely. Uh, but you know, he's also, he's made some, let's call them questionable trades, uh, which we'll get to one of them. Uh, and yeah, you know, he gets a little bit lucky here. Let's be honest. Um, talk about Robert Tanyan and, uh, you know, he drafts Jonu Smith. Did he really want Jonu? I don't know. Or did he just take him because he's a tight end? Uh, but no, I mean, Cam's been active. He's been busy. And, you know, he's he's definitely uh he's definitely doing some work here. Like it's not a it's not a fluky six and two. He scored a lot of points. Uh but I just wonder, you know, if there's a cliff coming and if Cam is doing everything he can to avoid the cliff or if he's just going at it full speed hoping that he can fly. Sure. Well, you know, I, I'm just saying I was surprised when I when I looked at the standings and I see Cam is at number one. We've got, we've got two new names at the top. Cam at one, you at two. Mm-hmm. Kersley, Brian Kersley falls to three um, after sitting on top for basically the duration of, well, all of last season really. And, and uh, and now this season in the early stages here, then we've got Steven, who's also at six and two. He's in the fourth the fourth uh, slot. Max and um, Isaiah have five wins. 
Um, and that w- if the playoffs started today, those would be your six teams. Um, because I've got the tie, I'm on the outside looking in. Um, and that was because I tied the league median like, when I played <laughs> against Derek a few weeks back. Um, or excuse me, I did not want to play it against Derek. It was it was um, no, last it was Derek. week. Well, I tied what? with Derek for the league median, but I wasn't playing against him. Oh right, 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 right. Um, so I'm at seven at four, three, and one. Uh, Tyler's got four wins. He's in the eighth slot, and then to round it out here, we've got Casey, Jake, Derek, Garza, TJ, and then Scott. Who you know, TJ and Scott both got some, you know, got off the the L train last last week um, and added some W's, two for TJ and one for Scott this last week. So Love just me. like I said on the league chat, no right. undefeated teams, yep. no defeated teams. That, I mean, yeah, depends on what your definition of defeated is. Um, let, let me ask you this, man, okay? Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we can both agree that TJ got a Monday night miracle that is up there with the, you know, the biggest miracles in league history. When Calvin Ridley, who entered the game, I believe as wide receiver one Mm -hmm. or the week as wide receiver one got shut out by the green Bay Packers, uh, allowing TJ to get what he would have gotten the, uh, the Matt one anyways, but allowing him to get a desperately needed two and oh week. Do you think that's a bigger miracle or do you think it's a bigger miracle to be down by 0.2 with Russell Wilson going against you on Monday night football and Seattle generates a turnover with less than two minutes left and Wilson kneels it three times for negative three rushing yards for negative 0.3 points to allow me to win, which do you think is a bigger miracle? Is that what happened? Uh, not this, not this. It was a few years ago. You're we still on ESPN. And I think if I'm remembering correctly, what actually happened was he kneeled three times, which gave us a tie, but I won bench points, which allowed me to beat Tyler of all people. Uh, it was that crazy Monday night football game against uh, Buffalo where it was like 31 to 28 or something crazy like that. And uh, yeah, Russell needed, you know, kneeled it three times and uh, it gave me the win because that's oh negative three. God. So what? which one do you think is a bigger miracle? Honestly, I mean, I think that just given the fact that, because here's the thing, like that sort of a thing happens sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, and it feels like a miracle for sure when it's happening. I mean, what are the odds that the Atlanta Falcons, who you know are going to be airing it out because their defense can't stop anybody. um, What are the odds, number one, that Ridley, I mean, that, that Ridley would get no action, really. I mean, he got, he had targets. But no catches, and and really, there's a few things that are that are pretty remarkable about that. Of course, the fact that he had a goose egg. But besides that, like, how in the hell did the Packers manage to shut him down? I just, it just, I just don't understand it at all. Um, <laughs> Kevin King, baby, it's remarkable. It's really remarkable. I'm gonna say that you're absolutely right to say that what happened on Monday night is one of the most miraculous things that we've ever seen playing fantasy all these years. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I got a zero from Devontae Adams, but he didn't play. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a totally that's a totally different story. But 
Anyways, you know, before we get into uh, before we get into the week in terms of you know the trades and the waivers and all that good stuff, I just want to give I want to give you an opportunity to give the people what they want. It's week five. Tyler might call it hate week. I don't know. I don't know how else he might refer to it, but it's it's Tyler versus Colby. I mean, it, it's 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 must see must see action. Everyone's going to be watching in the app this week. The league chat's going to be blowing up, monitoring that matchup, um, and obviously Tyler has pushed all his chips into the table. He's trying to get into your head. He's talking shit. So. Do you have anything that you any remarks about the matchup? You know what you think about it. What you think about Tyler? Uh, what you know his sort of his ploys that he's been throwing out here in the week leading up to the weekend here. Uh, what are your thoughts, Colby? I don't have any. I don't think about Tyler at all, ever really. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I'm kind of concerned that he's so obsessed with me um, and beating me. Um, it's not that hard to do. A lot of people do it. Uh, but yeah, you know, um, I guess it's good to have passions in life and Tyler's passion appears to be trying to get into my head, but I haven't thought about him at all, except for, you know, when he texted me this afternoon, um, to complain about the saints, uh, injury report. So other than that, (laughs) I haven't really talked to Tyler at all. I haven't thought about him at all. Um, I see he changed his team name right here. That's a good one. That's a good one. I'll give him credit. That's, that's funny. So, uh, yeah, I just, I mean, out of sight, out of mind, I guess. I just, maybe get some hobbies, Tyler. I don't know what to tell you. Fair enough. Well, we will see what happens this weekend. And mm-hmm. Best I mean, of luck. There you go. There you go. Um, so let's get right into this then. Um, we're going to rock with these trades first here. So um, the last trade that we that we didn't talk about, was um, Cam and Jake's trade involving Joe Mixon. So, um, October 1st, Cam and Jake come to an agreement here where Cam adds Joe Mixon, Anthony Miller, and Dan Arnold in exchange for Keenan Allen and Noah Fant. What are your thoughts? I like that Cam targeted Joe Mixon. I think that's a good buy low. Uh, I don't think Cam actually bought low, though. I mean, I I think this is at the very least paying full price and maybe even a little bit more than full price uh, for Mixon. I mean, it works out for him because Mixon has, what, three touchdowns this week, four? He had the the best game of his career. Right, which, I mean, let's be honest – it's, that's it's never going to happen again. You just got his best game, which is great. I mean, Cam basically got a win in this trade uh, just from trading for Joe Mixon. But, uh, you know, you give up Keenan Allen, who's been really solid, and you give up Noah Fant, who was top five before he got hurt. Um, and, you know, Fant was hurt after this trade, so it, it changes things a little bit. But at the time the trade was made, it seemed like a uh, – an overpay for a guy you should have been trying to buy low on. Um, Cam probably sees it differently. Cam probably thinks he did buy low. Uh, I, I don't at all. So, uh, 
you know, like I said, the, the trade got Cam a win, but Jake clearly got the better end of this uh, of this trade just from a value standpoint. So, uh, yeah, it's it was a big one, and it kind of you know um, eyebrows eyebrow raising trade. Uh, I just, I mean, it could work out for Cam, especially if no offense you know, seriously injured. Uh, but uh, I, I just don't think he put himself in a good position to win this trade. Sure. So, you know, I say this every week, but just a reminder here, you know, obviously we're talking about this trade with the benefit of hindsight, you know, cause we've got a week, yeah. we've got a week of, of action, things that have happened. And so of course now we know, Stuff that we didn't know when this trade happened. Mixon goes out, has the best game of his career. Noah Fant, it might have been hours after this trade, maybe the next day, gets injured. um, You know, and he, um, I think he's supposed to be back week six, if I'm not mistaken. But we'll see. In any case, um, you know, when when we get on here after the fact and talk about it, it's important to... It's difficult. It is difficult, but it's important to try to keep your head where it was at at the time. And so I'm going to keep it 100. And just like I said on the league chat at the time, and I agree, you know, Joe Mixon was a great buy low. I understand why people would have gone out to buy Joe Mixon. But as I said, this is not how, in my opinion, this is not how you buy low. Unless, I suppose, unless you want to say as Cam, if Cam wants to say, you know what, I don't think that Noah Fant's start to the season is legitimate, and so I'm gonna sell. Yeah. I'm selling high on no on Noah Fant and pairing in with Keenan Allen, and pretty much forget about you know Anthony Miller and Dan Arnold. It's really about mixing for what Cam got in the deal, and and at that point it's like okay, I mean that's. That's a reasonable trade. I suppose I would just say that I I prefer Jake's side of the deal um, from the perspective of I think that he got two weekly starters that are like really great and Cam got one in the deal. And, um, and so that's why for me, I just kind of feel like if you're going to try to make a, a deal for Joe Mixon, I would have, I don't know that he didn't try to shoot lower than this before, but man, I would have tried. I would have tried really hard to shoot a little bit lower than this because I think that while Joe Mixon definitely has, you know, the track record and the name, the name value, um, that's going to make it difficult to truly buy low. Um, it's, it's sure is hard to, to part with Keenan Allen, the way that he's been playing, and of course Noah Fant, his start to the year, and how difficult it is to find uh, really, um, you know, weekly um, reliable tight ends. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, granted, at the same token, um, Cam got a running back, a really a damn good one too. I know he's on a bad team, but the Bengals have been a bad team, and Joe Mixon has never been anything but good. So, um, yeah. I would just say Cam's kind of all in on the Bengals. Uh, you look at, you know, Joe Burrow, and now you look at Joe Mixon, and he saw his A.J. Green around. And, I mean, 
Like, I, I think that's an appealing offense. Sure. I mean, they're going to be down. They're going to throw the ball a lot. Uh, and, you know, Burrow's good and Mixon's good. A.J. Green, I think you're relying too much on A.J. Green here, Cam. Um, I mean, you look at the target share, and it, it's pretty nice, though it's trending down, but it's kind of a red flag to me when a guy gets 13 targets but only has three catches, you know, um, in a game. I just – A.J. Green's clearly been passed in that offense by Tyler Boyd and maybe even T. Higgins. Um, so I just – I think you're relying too much on AJ green to be something he hasn't been for a couple of years. Uh, I, I, I just, I feel like you're a little bit too reliant on AJ green and um, Emmanuel Sanders and to a lesser extent, um, Alshon Jeffrey and Anthony Miller to kind of just cover what you lost, uh, you know, from, from Keenan Allen. I just, Keenan Allen's a target monster who also produce, produces, you know, whereas AJ Green's just kind of been a target collector who hasn't done shit all year. So we'll see. I just think Cam's a little too confident in his number two wide receivers. Oh, Cam, but here's the thing, though. On the league chat, Cam has made it abundantly clear that he is not at all confident. He Sometimes, you know, he's made some some claims that, you know, really come across as bravado when it comes to AJ Green over the course of the of the first month of the season here, but after this last week, he he definitely uh, you know opened up a little bit and was like, "Hey, um, I don't know, I don't know what to think here," you know, because you know it's it's and it, it truly is going to be one of those things that's worth monitoring for the rest of the season because I can't answer the question. I can't even I can't even try. Um, you know, when you're getting that, when you're seeing that type of a target share, but you're not producing for fantasy purposes, you're not really converting on those targets and you're not, you know, he hasn't been efficient. Um, you know, it's one of those questions where you think, okay, well, so is, is, is AJ green a buy or a sell right now? It's an interesting question because I think a lot of people would say that he's a sell, but maybe if you're one of the few people out there that says buy, and you get a reasonable deal on him, and you're right, you know. But who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I, I can't tell you. I don't know. I don't know is my answer. But you're right. You know, they do have a lot of really interesting young receivers over there. Um, and so time will tell what what A.J. Green truly is and um, in terms of fantasy, but also in terms of, you know, as we as we speak – today through a one month of the season should we have seen aj green as a buyer or a sell we'll find out yeah i don't i don't know but it is worrisome it is a little bit worrisome for sure that he is just not converting on those targets and if he and if that continues then you have to think that um he's no longer going to be seeing those targets i mean yeah target share is already going down guys like tyler boyd and t higgins are kind of trending up um, I don't know. I, I, I honestly wish that they would have traded AJ green this winter or just let him go. Um, cause I still think there's a pretty decent football player in there. It just Cincinnati just feels, must feel like, you know, no, like he's, he's cooked, but whatever. We'll see what happens there. Um, overall, I think cam got significantly worse at two spots 
to upgrade at one. Uh, and that math usually doesn't work out for you, but it absolutely can. So we'll see what happens with that trade. I just think, you know, like you said, buying low on Joe Mixon is a really smart move, but Cam didn't buy low. Well, and the other so. thing too, I, I think my biggest grievance here, when I really think about it, you couldn't get something better than Dan Arnold. I bet you if you talk to most of the guys in this league before this trade happened, or frankly some of them even after it happened, and you said, who is Dan Arnold? They couldn't tell you. <laughs> that, just goes to, that just goes to show you the caliber of player that we're talking about here. Dan Arnold, of all the players in, in the league that you could have you acquired in a, in a deal that you were getting rid of Keenan Allen and Noah Fant, you chose Dan freaking Arnold. I mean, you should, probably put, you should probably put some respect on the 42nd wide receiver or 42nd tight end in fantasy. I mean, they grow really good football players out there at Wisconsin Platteville. So, uh, no, I mean, <laughs> I get sorry. Cam, Cam needed a tight end back in this deal because we know how hard they are to find. Um, but yeah, I feel like you could find somebody like Dan Arnold in free agency pretty easily. So that's, I think that's my biggest grievance. Even if you weren't going to get a tight end <laughs> in this, in this trade, you know, if you were going to get a different, just, you're probably right. Like, yeah, it'd be nice to get a tight end back, but if you if the best that Jake could have done at a tight end position for you was Dan Arnold, that's <laughs> that's a no for me, dog. All right, <clears throat> moving on to the next deal here, and it was um, this happened what Monday night, I guess. Um, uh, yep. Yeah. So Monday night, I was just, you know, putting some feelers out there, trying to make some things happen. Um, and I guess I got lucky. I, You know, I don't know. You tell me. So the first deal that I made on Saturday night was with Casey because, of course, every year I have to make at least one deal with Casey. It's an annual You're tradition. You're the only one that does. It's the annual tradition. And this year I traded Adrian Peterson for Brandon Cooks. So what are your thoughts on that? Um, I think it's a, it's an interesting deal. I think the valuation is about right. Um, from both of you, uh, you know, from Casey's perspective, I get it, but I, uh, like Casey's actually okay at running back, right? Like there's very few teams who are actually like healthy at running back. Like they have three, four, five guys. Um, but Casey's one of them, Derrick Henry, Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell. That's fine. Like Gurley and Bell might be past their prime, but they're still, you know, pretty solid fantasy producers. Um, Adrian Peterson's been good. Uh, I, I do have some concerns about how, you know, how long he'll be the guy quote unquote. Uh, but I, I get it. Uh, you know, Casey's also got some decent wide receiver depth. Uh, Allen Robinson, John Brown, and Darius Slayton. Um, also Allen Lazard on the bench. 
I just think that honestly, the Brandon Cooks was going to be more valuable to him than Adrian Peterson will be uh, or would be. And then, you know, from you, from your standpoint, you, you're one of the guys who has the running back depth. And I mean, clearly you're not feeling good about Julian Edelman. Why would you? Uh, no, I'm joking. But uh, I mean, yeah, you know, again, you have some of that running back depth. So why not take a shot on Brandon Cooks, uh, you know, who plays with a very good quarterback? Uh, you know, we didn't know this at the time, or did we? Bill O'Brien, was he fired at that point? Uh, uh, he got fired. Was it I yesterday? Think... That's a great question. Well, no, either way. Either way, yeah. I don't know. I either think way. he was fired Monday night. He was fired Monday okay. night. Yeah, either way, changing of the guard. Uh, so we know that sometimes the new guys come in and they shake things up. Uh, so maybe that happens for cooks here. Like I said, the valuation I think is fine on both sides. I think Casey would have been better off keeping cooks, but I don't think that he got, you know, the, the, the worst end of the deal here, if that makes sense. Sure. Well, so here's the deal. Um, you know, a lot of people, it depends on the leagues you play in. I don't know if any of the other guys in this league play in a whole host of other leagues. But what I'll say is, in a lot of your shallower leagues, I would not be shocked to to find out or to hear that Brendan Cooks is on waivers. Um, yeah, he's he's been he has not been good. Um, now here's here's the thing though that I think because that's great that you bring up good old Bob because. Uh, there's something that I want to say about, you know, that whole thing transpiring that really didn't factor in at all into, um, into my thinking, my reasoning. But I just want to say that, you know, if you go ahead and you take a look at the Houston Texans schedule through the first month of the season, it's hard not to wonder whether or not Roger Goodell was preying on Bill O'Brien's downfall. Because, I'm sorry, the Texans played at Kansas City, Baltimore, at Pittsburgh, and then hosted Minnesota. Best case scenario, in my opinion, they're 1-3. Best case scenario. Maybe they beat Minnesota. Maybe. But, and I'm sure a lot of people would say, well, Minnesota's been terrible this year, Matt. Of course they should have beat Minnesota. Eh, I don't think Minnesota's as bad as they've played. Um, so, frankly, like I said, best case scenario, they should have been one and three. But nonetheless, that is like a murderer's row. That's like a hell of a of a start to the season. And so, for those of you that play in other leagues, if you if you have if you place any value whatsoever on my advice. Maybe you shouldn't, but I just want to share my thoughts with you and take them as take them for whatever you will. If you and let me let me be clear here, this applies to redraft and absolutely not to dynasty. Okay, in your redraft leagues, go ahead and float out a buy low offer on David Johnson and Brandon Cooks this week, and and frankly, for that matter, maybe even Deshaun Watson. Um, this schedule has been terrible, but it's going to be much more forgiving moving forward for the Texans. And I expect to see all of those guys, um, perform much better moving forward. So 
you know, suffice to say here, um, my thought was just that, you know, it's a, it's a wonderful opportunity to buy low on a player that I really, really liked coming into the season. Um, and the same reasoning applies now that, that, that I utilized a month ago, which is simply that, you know, is, um, you know, Fuller, he's healthy right now. But if I had to wager a sizable sum on, you know, whether or not he's going to play a full season, although, of course, I think he already missed a game. But moving forward, is he going to miss time? I would say, yeah, he's, he's going to miss time. I think it's very, very likely. And even if he doesn't, um, Cooks is, is running, a, you know, running a lot of routes. As a matter of fact, I think he actually leads the team in routes run. Um, you know, and I just expect him to, um, you know, I expect him to see his stock definitely tick up moving forward. It was funny after I made this trade, the first message was TJ in all caps saying Casey lives. And then everybody (laughs) wanted to just, you know, rag on me. I've never seen such love for a 35 year old running back in my entire life. Just remarkable, really, just remarkable. Um, and yeah, AP's been good, and I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be fine. You know, he's going to – I wouldn't be surprised to see him take the majority of the goal line step in Detroit, um, and he'll and he'll just be fine. If you need, a, you know, a, a flex running back in a pinch or whatever, then, like, AP, you throw him in there and, like, you know, you have a shot. You have a sh- he, he's, been, he's been doing nothing – but exceeding expectations for years now. And not that this matters, but let me just float this little ditty out there too. I'm pretty positive that AP was either my last pick in the draft or the pick before my last pick in the draft. I think it was the pick before my last pick in the draft. Um, And by some miracle, I was able to turn that into Brandon Cooks. But I get no love at all for it. It's just great. It's just great. But this is what happens when you focus on the right details. So, yeah, that's okay. okay. That's okay. Um, by the way, before we move on, uh, if you guys ever want to know the ineptitude of Matt Patricia, not that anybody needs to look hard for that, remember that the Detroit Lions have two highly drafted running backs on their bench that are undoubtedly better players than 35-year-old Adrian Peterson right now, and they're not getting work. So. Yeah, I mean, Matt Patricia's an idiot, and you certainly took advantage of it, so uh, good for you. Uh, well, fire Matt Patricia. In fairness in fairness to everybody else in the league, not not talking about Matt Patricia, AP was a free agent when we drafted, so that was why he was available so late. He wouldn't have actually have been there had he been signed at the time. But nonetheless, I like my version of the story better. All right, moving on. The next... Trade was I traded Philip Rivers and Brandon Ayuk to Scott for Baker Mayfield. So I prefer hearing your thoughts on the trade more than mine. What what do you think about this? I think everybody prefers that, Matt. But anyways, <laughs> um, no, it's like I don't know if I talked to you about this. We probably did at some point. I know I've made a board bet with TJ about this. I'm not a big Philip Rivers fan. Uh, you know obviously for fantasy this year, uh, wasn't coming into the year. 
I'm still not. I just I think he's pretty much toast. Uh, you know, happens to play on a a really solid, you know, a solid team with a lot of talent around him, which helps. But yeah, just kind of a guy. I mean, Baker Mayfield is also plays on kind of a run heavy team, but he does have better weapons. He's you know more talented at this stage of his career. Uh, there's just higher upside with Baker Mayfield. The difference being Brandon Ayuk, I don't know. Like, like I think if we're we're like who wins the trade, I think that might tip the scales. But we know you're not trying to win a trade; you're trying to make your roster better. And I mean, is Brandon Ayuk ever going to start for you? Unless it's like a, a, especially after you acquire Brandon Cooks, like probably not. Unless there's a, you know, just a flood of bye weeks or injuries or COVID or something, right? Um, so yeah, I don't think I, I mean, obviously it didn't because, you know, you made the deal, but probably didn't really hurt you much to give him up in the deal for an upgrade at quarterback, albeit one that is, I mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked if Phillip rivers finished higher than, than Baker Mayfield at the end of the year. Uh, but it's, it's probably not likely like, so that's, that's except, you know it's funny because that's literally what I told Scott and I think a lot of people when they talk trades with people you know they try to they try to negotiate in a manner that is um, maybe sort of conniving disingenuous um, not me I told Scott literally what you just said I'm like honestly man I'm just in on the Browns this year. I like Baker Mayfield. I've always wanted him on my fantasy team, and I've never had him on my fantasy team, at least not in this league. And um, and I and so anyhow, you know, I told him I wouldn't be shocked if Rivers actually finishes the year as a better fantasy quarterback than Mayfield. This might be an ill-advised move, but in the end, I think that the difference between Rivers and Mayfield is, um, in all likelihood, probably negligible. Um, I just wanted an excuse to, um, watch the Browns and also, (laughs) um, also I agree. I do think what, yeah, I think they're the weapons that Baker has around him give sort of this illusion that perhaps maybe he has more upside. Um, now we didn't know this at the time that this trade happened. One thing that I do kind of wonder about, although I suppose that this is just sort of you know, dreamscaping, um, you know, with the injury to Chubb, you know, I, you do have to sort of wonder, like, maybe they're going to throw a little bit more. Maybe. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, both, you know, both Kareem Hunt and Dearness Johnson are, you know, pretty good pass catchers, um, especially Hunt. And, you know, and maybe they, I mean, they still want to run the ball, you know, and Kevin Stefanski is what he is. You know, he's, he wants to run the ball. They've made that abundantly clear in the opening month of the season here. But I don't know. I just, I sort of wonder, you know, maybe, maybe the Browns might let Baker bake. Let Baker bake. That's all I have to say about that. I mean, when in doubt. (laughs) Come up with a crappy slogan to cover your bases. There you go. That's right, baby. Let <laughs> Baker bake. And if and if they if and when they do, I'm gonna make sure 
that I let y'all know. Yeah. All right, moving on to the final trade. Do we have to talk about this? Has a more irrelevant trade. Yes. What was the, what, what was, oh, I guess when Cam gave Garza a dollar? <laughs> a dollar. That's right. That's the only trade I think that's happened this year that has been more irrelevant than Brett Rippon getting acquired by Jake Smith for 10 fab, was it? Yeah, I think so. 10 fab. Uh, a bargain, a bargain shopping deal for Jake Smith. Jake uh, yeah. Smith. TJ, uh, TJ paid eleven for him last week, so he pretty much leased him for a dollar. Um, he just got his gave... mail in rebate. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and I mean, it's it's irrelevant because Brett Rippon's bad, and he's only going to be the starter for what one more week. But it is also kind of relevant because we, or well, some of us woke up, some of us were already awake when the news was announced that Dwayne Haskins is no longer the starting quarterback in Washington. Uh, and that was Jake Smith's, you know, QB two uh, and drew Locke, who is hurt and probably not going to play this year. Or I mean this week left Jake without any quarterbacks. Oh, uh, no. So, <laughs> so Jake has to, you know, he has to have at least one quarterback, uh, you know, in his lineup. So, it was either give TJ 10 fab for Brett Rippon against New England, by the way, or, um, you know, I guess go pick up Taysom Hill and hope he, he throws, catches, or runs for a touchdown. So, um, you know, Jake's also dealing with, um, you know, Noah Fance injured and Aaron Jones is on by. Marvin Jones is also on by. So uh, week five is going to be tough for Jake. But, uh, you know, in the sense that he needed a quarterback to start this week and at least Rippon's going to start. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's relevant in that way. And also I'm interested to see how much money Jake throws at newly announced quarterback, at least for this week, Joe Flacco. Um, <laughs> so Jake, Joe Flacco's back, baby. And you know, right. somewhere in his heart, Jake has a soft spot for Flacco because he was a Bronco for a hot minute. <laughs> Yes, Jake is wacko for Flacco. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, Jake's only got $23. And I don't think this podcast will be up before the waivers go through tonight. Uh, you know, a little breaking the fourth wall there. But Jake's got $23. So if somebody wants to be an asshole and bid 24 on Joe Flacco, you might be able to trade him to Jake for something extremely small. So, uh that's the risk you want to take, you know, um, go for it. But Jake doesn't have anybody in that, in that super flex spot right now. Doesn't really have any options on his bench. They're either hurt or on by. And, uh, yeah. So I guess in that sense, it's relevant. Yeah, I guess. Ugh. Yikes. We don't have to talk about it anymore though. That's a good, it sounds like a good plan. <laughs> Let's go right into these waivers, man. I'm telling you what, when waivers last night when we were getting ready for waivers i was so excited it's a this is a good sometimes you have weeks that are just kind of like you know it's not going to be that great it's not going to be that fun not a lot of action yeah exactly but then this week man we had some action we i knew we you knew we were going to get some action so oh yeah so let me just say before we really get too too you know deep into this i'll i'll just hit these first two real quick uh tj who was, you know, Mr. Moneybags over here, 
for a hot for a while, you know. And finally, he opens up the bag and just starts throwing it all over the place. 94 bucks for Dearness Johnson, 52 for Justin Jackson. If you want me to get into the the total bids, we had nine total bids on Dearness Johnson. TJ Bottom for 94. The second highest bid was uh, Isaiah at 37. Um, there's a lot of bids here in the 30s. 33 from Tyler, 30 from you. Um, and then if we go and look at Justin Jackson, there were eight bids. TJ got him for 52. Second highest bid was also Isaiah at 37. Tyler at 33. And I was at 31. So um, give me your thoughts, number one, on the fact that TJ finally spent that fab and all that fab that he had, you know. And secondly, on the acquisitions here of Dearness Johnson and Justin Jackson. Well, first of all, let me just say this. Uh, Garza, God bless you for putting in $0 bids on both of these guys. Um, it's tough to buy even trash with $0 though. Um, so, uh, in terms of these players, I mean, what a 24 hours, not even 24 hours. Like, yeah, no, about 24 hours. What a stretch for TJ where he gets his Monday night miracle. He gets the two win week, which he desperately needed. Uh, then of course, two prominent starting running backs go out for, I think both are out at least a month is what is if I'm remembering correctly. Four to uh, six weeks, I think, for both of them. Right. And two guys who could potentially now have a job and are both flash some, you know, good stuff, especially Johnson after Chubb got hurt. They happen to be available on the same week on the waiver wire. TJ scoops them both up, drastically outbids everybody else to get them, which I don't have a problem with since he has the money or since he had the money. Um and then he wakes up today to find out that Kyle Allen, who he stashed last week, is the new starting quarterback for the Washington football team. I mean, what a what a like two day stretch for TJ right there. I mean, it's getting better than that. Now he's got some trade chips. He's on a roll. He's one, you know, I I, I guess we're, we'll use the word roll liberally here. Um, but it's it's a really good uh, couple days for TJ. The best he's had all year by far. Um, Still should have bought Justin Herbert, bro. I mean, that's I'm never going to stop bringing that up. But uh, no, I think these are two like clear, obvious buys that TJ kind of needed to get one of these guys, and in all reality, probably both of them, and he did. So, uh, well, so got- honestly, honestly, I actually think that I actually think that TJ played his fab correctly because because I think that. I think that getting these running backs helps him more than, you know, at the time, you got to keep in mind, you know, and TJ pointed this out and I, I didn't remember, but he actually did put in, uh, you know, a sizable bid. He didn't throw a hundred. He didn't throw a hundred at Herbert. Irrelevant, Matt. We've been over this. He could have had Justin Herbert, but I think $14 short. Why? Sure, but I think that I think that these running backs, adding these two backs here that are gonna be that are gonna be, you know, getting touches, getting meaningful touches when TJ came in to the season, you know, with a with a zero RB roster. I mean his mm-hmm. quarterbacks are Kyler Murray and you know, Daniel Jones has been trash, but Daniel Jones, 
um, I could understand how you might think like, hey, it can't be, can't really be this bad, right? Like, I mean, shit, the guy's going for single digits every week. Like, like, really? It's really, it's going to be like that? I don't know. I don't know. But nonetheless, and this is coming from a guy that's, that's been outspoken about the fact that I'm not a, I'm not a Daniel Jones guy. He'll probably have a nice week this week against Dallas because Dallas is maybe the only team in the league that has um, <laughs> sorrier defense than the Seahawks do. Sure, sure. But nonetheless, uh, now he's also got Kyle Allen. But man, we already know how I feel about Kyle Allen, so I'm not going to even waste my breath talking about that man. But nonetheless, I don't know. I think that I think he played the Fab pretty well here. I um, I'm going to give. Go ahead. If TJ offered those two running backs to Max right now for Justin Herbert, Max says no. Well, it's different. It's different now, though, because now. So basically, TJ played his fab correctly because he lucked into a one in a million scenario. Well, okay. I, so like I said, no. So let me be clear here. At the time that Max bought Herbert for a hundred dollars, it was highly speculative. And to a certain degree, it continues to be um, whether or not he's going to maintain that role for the duration of the season. Now, I'm not going to get into whether or not he should, because frankly, he he should. He probably should. I mean, I don't see what the Chargers really gain from not letting him play. But I'm also not Anthony Lynn, so it's a totally separate conversation, and time will tell. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. There's definitely risk there. For me, I wouldn't be comfortable throwing all of my fab in the very, very early stages of the year on a quarterback when there is even the slightest speculation, the slightest, the slightest inkling of a, of a suggestion that maybe he's going to see the bench right quick. That's, that's, I mean, that's rolling the dice. That's like you said, you know, you're going to take your life savings out to Vegas and you're going to put it all on black. I'm not about to do that. So, um, it's a little bit different because TJ had the means to outbid anybody and still have a significant amount of fab left to play with. He didn't have to blow his whole load. He could have blown half of it. So So, I guess, I guess if you're, so I guess if the criticism here is not, is pretty much just that at the time you had to have doubts about Daniel Jones so why not try to, you know, since you can afford to, why not try to buy reinforcements or buy a pivot option? Yeah. Um, I, I, I guess but, I, I hear By the way, no, 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 because TJ thought so too, because he went out and he started Brett Rippon over Daniel Jones last week. Come on. So whatever. Anyways, we're, we're rehashing an argument that we had, what, three weeks ago now? Yeah. Um, sorry, that's my fault. TJ, you had a good week on the waivers. I like what you did. Um, I'm sure your plan is to flip these guys. Um, maybe you start them for a week or two if you need it. But I think ultimately your goal is probably to trade these guys. And there's some teams out there who they're gonna they're gonna have interest in the Ernest Johnson. So I mean, yeah, it was it, it's a good week for TJ on waivers for sure. Um, I guess. Well, yeah. Okay. Anyways. No, yeah, I agree. I agree. I thought, and I thought that you know, I kind of figured coming into the week since he had so much money, right. so much fab, that in all likelihood he probably was going to net both those guys. But man, mm-hmm. 
when you have when you have a week like this where you get that much action on a you know one or two players, that's fun. But it but it doesn't stop there because I feel like there was some other interesting um, buys and there's there's two in particular I want to talk about and they're the next two. So um, so you acquired Tim Patrick for twenty five fab. Casey was the second high bid there at 22, so you barely edged him out. But you did, you did get your guy. So what do you see from from Tim Patrick moving forward here? First of all, let's not call him my guy. Um, he wasn't. Uh, you know, I, I had higher bids on, uh, or I had higher bid on Johnson. So I mean, he wasn't my number one, but Patrick to me. Like Cortland Sutton's out for the year. Noah Fant's going to miss at least this week. Uh, you know, you look at the the snap percentages from Tim Patrick this year, 85, 65, 85, 75, averaging about six targets a week, um, actually about five and a half, roughly. He's caught a touchdown in each of his last two games. He just went over 100 yards against the Jets. So, I mean, I mean, come on. So... Um, but yeah, you know, it's just, it's kind of a dart throw. It's, you know, I watched a little bit of him. I watched some of the highlights of him, I should say, cause there's no way I was sitting through that entire game against the jets and the snappers. He's getting the snaps, you know, the target share, I think is going to go up slightly. Um, and you know, they got to throw it to somebody other than Jerry Judy. So I just took a shot. I've had pretty decent luck on these type of wide receivers. Um, and 25, I thought was a good solid bid. Uh, just because I figured that, you know, anybody who is going to be possibly a number two wide receiver in an offense that's probably going to be playing down quite a bit might be worth rostering. And so I thought maybe somebody would, would bid uh, aggressively with me and Casey did. So I, I don't know if this is an aggressive bid or not. I, I don't know. Um, oh, I think it is. If you, okay. the, way I, the way I look at it is not even in terms of fab dollars. The way I look at it is in terms of percentage of your budget. You threw a quarter right. of your budget for the year at Tim Patrick. That's aggressive. Right. That's aggressive. I mean, I threw 17% at Russell Gage, and until last night, that was working out great. So, Or two nights ago, that was working out great. So, yeah, I'm, I'm fairly aggressive on, on fab. You know, I think it's interesting. Uh, you know, you go back last year where I threw down the 20 or whatever it was on Carlos Hyde, and I threw down another 20 on uh, Minshew. I'm fairly aggressive but i'm not you know scott throwing down 80 bucks on who was it philip Lindsay a couple years ago which totally worked out <laughs> i mean i'm i'm not throwing 94 dollars on one guy but i'm definitely willing to you know throw you know 10 15 20 25 on my fab on a couple of guys i don't know um, i don't know that anybody will ever have as much luck as at scott he got off it was a bank heist that yep. that that evening $80 for Lindsay, 20 for Eckler. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I should have had Eckler, but you know, whatever. The greatest fab weekend in the history of waivers. He needed it too, because he drafted Royce Freeman in the second round. So um, good for him, I guess. Uh, luck beats out stupidity sometimes. Um, but no, yeah. Like I said, I, Tim, Tim Patrick, he, he's a dart throw. Um but I, I think he's trending in the right direction. So I was willing to take a shot on him. I was shocked at how low 
sleepers projections were on him and i thought there was a chance that somebody might try to sneak him through the waivers and i do think that that did influence some of the bidding here you see you see brian at ten dollars i was at eight scott was at seven and that's just because his projection for the week um i think they recently updated it but it was low it was really low it's looking like right now they have him at like six and a half, but I think it was even lower than that. Right. Um, well, I mean, with Brett Rippon throwing you the football against the New England secondary, I get it. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. It's, I don't it's, know. It's fair. I see all the same things that you do, though. You know, you look at these snap percentages. He played really, really well against, I know it was the Jets, but even the week before, you know, they're looking at him in the red zone and he's a, you know, six, four. Opportunity, yeah, opportunities there. I don't know. He's an interesting player. I think that could be one of those really quiet. Um, you know, he's he's not even if you look around the fantasy landscape, he's not getting an outrageous amount of a buzz. You know, coming into the week for waivers, and um, I think he's totally worth a shot here. So um, the reason I said he's your guy is because when somebody's willing to throw twenty five fab at you know at a guy clearly that's an aggressive play they want to acquire him and honestly that's a shot worth taking in my opinion you know we still have we still we've seen enough of the season to where we can start trying to sort of reassess what we thought coming into the year but there's still enough season left to where if you gamble and you win it can it could pay off you know, it could pay off dividends. Right. And it's worth noting that uh, I'm still in the top half of the league in terms of fab. Like I still have some money to spend here. So um, yeah, I I felt that was worth the risk. I mean, you haven't spent any yet and Steven's only spent five. And I mean, so there's definitely some guys who can just flat out outbid me. Derek's only spent seven, but most of the rest of us are between zero and 45. So, well, so the reason I haven't spent any is not for a lack of trying. It's nope. just that it's just that whenever, you know, these players are going for a lot, I've had an, I also had an aggressive bid on Herbert. I bid, I bid maybe not overly aggressively. Although frankly, I felt like it was pretty apparent TJ was going to win Dearness Johnson and Justin yeah. Jackson, but I threw I threw 23 at Johnson and I threw 31 at Jackson. So, I mean, not the 94 and 52 that they went for, but in any case, all right. And the last, the last acquisition here that I felt was really noteworthy was, um, was Renfro, Hunter Renfro. Mm -hmm. Um, Brian adds him for $8 and the other bids were $3 from TJ and $2 from me. Um, do you have any thoughts on Hunter Renfro? Um, you know, he had a really solid end of last season. Uh, I knew he was kind of a sleeper coming into the year, but there was a lot of concern about Henry Ruggs. I think is who, you know, uh, Gruden said he was going to play the slot, which is where Renfro plays. So people just kind of backed off on him pretty quick, but Ruggs has been hurt. Renfro's, um, snap percentage has gone up every week. His targets have dramatically improved from five in the first two weeks to 17 in the last two. Um, you know, I, I, I think, yeah, this is a, a slot guy on an offense that's 
I don't want to say devoid of other weapons. I mean, obviously Darren Waller's great, and you know Josh Jacobs is real. Josh Jacob, eh, Josh Jacobs is really solid. Um, I mean, he's great too. But other than that, with rugs out, eh, I, I think Renfro's a, a sneaky good ad. Um, like I said, the snap percentage goes up, the targets are going up, and um, you know, Oakland's got got to throw to somebody, right? Somebody other than Darren Waller, so. Uh, yeah, I think it's a, a good addition. I agree. I agree. I did see that I think Ruggs is back to practice today, um, so we'll see if he plays. But um, even if you just add Ruggs, I think Renfro is still going to be in the equation there with Edwards still on the shelf. So, um, yeah, we will see what the distribution of targets looks like for the Las Vegas Raiders this week at Kansas city. Um, all right. I think that, that, I mean, there were some other ads just for anyone who didn't look, which I'm sure you all did. Um, David Moore went for $4 to tie to Tyler. Um, no one's surprised there. Seahawk. And there was another bid too. Oh, Garza for $0. He tried to sneak David. He couldn't even sneak David Moore through the waivers. Oh, brutal. Um, Gerald Everett to Steven for three bucks. And um, and then I'm going to butcher this. Olamid Zach Zacchaeus? Yep. I did the best I could. I, I think it is. I think that's correct. I got lucky. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Uh, yeah. So that is... That's your waiver report for the week. It was an awesome week of waivers. Really fun. Um, Good week of trades. And, you know, like I said, you look at the league. You look at the standings. um, It's not just talk. I mean, truly, the parity is starting to become really apparent here. And the race is going to really start heating up. And I'm really, really interested to see how things play out. It's going to be crazy, assume, assuming, of course, that we could stop getting these positive uh, COVID tests out of Tennessee and Vegas and New England. That'd be cool. Maybe maybe we could have no positive tests. That's kind of what I would like to see. But in any case, um, do you have any closing remarks? Uh, no. Uh, not really. I mean, good luck to everybody this week. Congratulations to the Seattle storm. Uh, you know, I, I know Sue bird listens to this podcast. She's a big fan. So, uh, <laughs> congratulations to you, Sue. And, uh, you're a legend. So, uh, yeah, I mean, other than that, you know, good luck this week. Uh, keep, cho- keep talking trade and, uh, Garza, I will happily donate $5 to your fab pity party on one condition and that condition is that you trade me Austin Eckler for it. There you go. Well, time will tell. Good luck to you with that, uh, with that negotiation. Um, yeah. all right. Well, that does it, I suppose. So this is your boy, Maddie G the low key OG, the Omega three poppy reminding you as always, to keep it OG, get your Omega-3s, and go Hawks. Go Hawks. <laughs>